The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Week 13, Stacking the Box. My name is Mark Carmen, NFL insider Matt Verderam. Thank you for putting us on. Way to go, Chicago Bears. One of the most epic losses in Chicago Bears history. I was so proud, Verderam. Like, you really needed that loss, and the Bears did it to allow the Lions to even up at 5-7 and seven and to have a 10-point lead late in the fourth quarter with a win probability of 99.1%. Apologize to my WGN radio listeners. I said it was 99.6. I hadn't checked. It was actually 99.1. That's impressive, Verderam. You should be – Bears fans should be celebrating today rather than complaining. You boys are suck-ass garbage. I I mean, to lose that game and the way they lost it. Like, the offense finally scores points, and the defense is like, now nah, we're done. It's fine. And then, of course, though, the offense not to be outdone. I mean, why are you not just running the ball at that point? Like, what is happening? And, and Trubisky, like, a, like an idiot, just, you know, standing back there, whatever, casual as hell, fumbles. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Just just a phenomenal way to really wrap a bow on that season. Third and four, under two minutes, inside your own 10, Matt Nagy philosophy. We absolutely had to get a first down because our defense sucks. No, Matt, you, you, you really didn't. Um, yeah, actually just needed to not turn the football over. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Chicago. People were like, Nagy's going to get fired. Nagy's not getting fired until the end of the season, if he's getting fired at all. Uh, but we're not starting there. We're starting somewhere else. And that actually was another debacle, a tremendous debacle in New York. But it was a great loss for the Jets. Greg Williams has been fired. He goes with the blitz on a Hail Mary, which is I don't, I don't know if that's ever been done before in the history of NFL football, but they tried to do it to the Raiders. Uh, didn't work out particularly well with Derek throw Derek Carr uh, throwing a touchdown pass to Henry Ruggs. Uh, Verdam, you're saying that everybody needs to be fired, correct? Yeah, and I actually wrote this outline before Greg Williams got fired, so we're halfway home. Uh, look, I I watched that game, most of the game. I was flipping, I was going to watch Cleveland and, and Tennessee, but that game was a ritualistic killing by about the middle of the second quarter. So I just started flipping around. I watched a lot of red zones. I typically don't do. I don't like watching Reds. I like watching one game, but I ended up watching quite a bit of the Jets Raiders. Look, that's the worst call in NFL history. As far as like down in distance and just knowing the situation. I mean, like they're a bigger, I mean, Daryl Bevel, that call with the Seahawks and the, and the Super Bowl is worse because it was the Super Bowl. But in terms of just like 
What is the absolute dumbest thing I can possibly do in this situation? That call takes the cake. Like, there's 46 yards and 14 seconds left and no timeouts. And the thing that really kills me is not even the all-out blitz. It's that they were spying Derek Carr. Like, what did you think? He was going to take off and run for 50 yards? Like, what, what the hell's going on? They're so incomprehensibly stupid in that organization. And then after the game, like, you get the players basically just saying, like, my God, like, how do you call that play? And, and he gets canned probably because of that. But I wrote – I led my column with this. And I actually got to say, I thought it was one of my, my better columns, if I say so myself, because I really went deep into, like, where are the organizational failures with the Jets. And it's – like, like Williams and Gase typify the disgrace that they are. But it's so much more rooted in just the complete organizational structure of that franchise. The ownership doesn't give a shit if they win. They could care less. Like, the Lions, the Texans, and the Falcons all fired the coaches. Now, you could argue that those were long overdue firings. Fine. But they did it. They made a point to say, it's not okay that we stink this bad. We're moving on. Meanwhile, the Jets are just like, well, I don't know. That sucks. Hope Adam Gase can figure it out here when we go to Seattle and the Rams the next two weeks. I don't. And the idea, by the way, that like, well, they're, they're going to screw up the tank. What, are you kidding me? They're not winning the game. I don't care who's coaching. Like that team is so in the, is so shot at this point, but they don't care. The ownership doesn't care, and until they get new ownership, that team's going to suck forever. I don't care who comes in at quarterback. So, first of all, I mean, my take on this is that Greg Williams was doing the Jets a huge favor. We cannot win this game. We need Trevor Lawrence. I know I'm getting fired, but somewhere in New York City or the state or in the country, okay. he's got a yeah. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. You, but do you honestly believe that he was tanking that on purpose? That's the only thing that makes any logical but, sense. But you and I both know that that's bull. Because you know what? He knew damn well. He knows. Like, forget getting fired today. He knows he's not coming back after right, this year. Right, right. You think they? You think those guys give a shit whether or not the Jets get Trevor Lawrence? They're all fired. Well, well, they care. So that's the other side of it. He he didn't want to work the month of December. Oh he, come on, that that's a load of shit. You know what? <laughs> that he he sucks, and his reputation in the NFL is he thinks he's the smartest guy that, in every room that he walks into. I guarantee you this morning. Greg Williams is sitting there after he got the pink slip saying to himself, they're all jerks. Everybody else is wrong. And now Greg Williams, by the way, the Jets are four games away from having Greg Williams get the distinction of he's a defensive coordinator on two teams. They went 0-16. Two of them. It's a clown show. He he blitzed because he's him, and he blitzes in every conceivable situation, and he just figured, F it. I'm going to bring seven guys 
I don't care. And Carr, who normally is terrified against the blitz, pretty much just figured, screw it. I'm going to throw the ball as far as I can and let a really fast guy run under the ball. And he did it. I, I just go back to, again, like this idea that like they're masterfully tanking is such a joke. It's akin to when Antonio Brown was going postal with the Raiders last summer. And people are like, this is his master plan. There's no master plan. He's a maniac. Like there is no master plan. He's nuts. And it's the same thing with the Jets. Right. So, and I, and listen, somebody 10 years from now, or maybe even 30 years from now, when Greg Williams is not going to be with us anymore, they're going to be watching this tape. And I'm here to tell you that he did it on purpose. He wanted out. He wanted to be with his family. That's why he blitzed. Of course, what you're saying, Verderam, is actually correct. That the dude is just uh Smartest guy in the room, wants to blitz, go out with a bang. Everyone's going to celebrate. He's going to run on the field, high-five his guys. We sacked Derek Carr, won the football game, and the Jets are not going to be a winless football team in 2020. And there, we got one done. Unfortunately for Greg, it did not work out that way. But fortunately for Greg, he was getting fired anyway, and now he's got the month of December off. So all things considered, it's really not that big of a loss for good old Greg, who wasn't exactly – if he's going to get another job in the NFL, he's he's going to get it regardless of what happens to the Jets this oh, year. We would agree there, right? Yes, I agree with that. I mean, he's look, and he's not getting another job, not after this crap fest. He's going to ride off into the sunset. That's going to be the last call that he ever makes in the NFL. What's and, more, and, yeah, go ahead. No, and I was going to say, and, and it's fitting because he never knows how to lay off. He just blitzes a thousand times, and I just again. You know what, man? I don't feel bad for Jets fans. That's the way it goes. Like every every fan base has had their years where they're pitiful. I don't feel bad for the coaching staff. They deserve what they get. They're rudderless. They're useless. And I sure as hell don't feel bad for ownership, which couldn't care any less. By the way, there was a year I was told this story. Obviously, I was in first person. Woody Johnson one year showed up to the owners' meetings in a propeller hat, and was like dead serious about it. That's all you need to know about the Jets. Um, so. I don't feel bad for, I feel bad for the players. Like these are guys who have a finite time in the NFL. They're fighting their asses off in these games. And, and they're just put in ridiculous situations. I mean, you know, what it must be able to go to work every day and just, you have no chance, none. Like, and yeah, look, they're getting paid. I get, I hate that argument. They're like, well, they get paid well. Yeah. Okay. They do get paid well. And they should, they're the best in the world at what they do, but they still have a lot of these guys have personal pride. They want to be successful and they're put in a position by guys like Gase, who couldn't care any less. Like, how the hell does Adam Gase still have a job this morning? Like, this idea that it's just on Greg Williams. You hired him. He's your damn hire. He's your defensive coordinator. How the hell is he still employed? So, yeah, the whole feeling bad for guys, though. If you get hurt and your career's over, then I feel bad for you. Losing football games, eh. I know it sucks. Believe me, I get it. You put a lot into it, and it matters to you, but Professional sports, man, get on up. There's the world's smallest violin for anybody. I just don't, I don't, I don't get to that level. Uh, unless it's somebody that's put like heart and soul and everything. And it's in their career is going to be defined by never winning. And you got super close and it just came up short. Then I'll like have a moment of minor sympathy, but I'm still just so jealous of, and, 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 and giving respect to these guys, by the way, because they're the most exclusive, uh, they made it to the most exclusive country club on the planet, professional sports. We've all played sports. We'd all love to do it. These are the guys that did it. But I can't get to sympathy here. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying uh, at the same time. What's interesting to me 
is the conversation around the Raiders on this coming out. You had a brutal loss last week. Now you've nearly lost to the Jets. I mean, are the Raiders even a playoff team or should they be in the playoffs? I mean, not right now, they're not. Right. And you know what? Kind of, I, I get it in the moment, but like kind of distressing if you're a Raiders fan. They were celebrating like they won the Super Bowl after that game. Like, run, like I get it. It's a miracle win. You're excited. But at the same point, like, is a good like can you imagine like a, a really good team running around celebrating after that game? I feel like that'd be like a funereal tone. Like, yeah, we won. Great. Let's get on the plane. Like, I can't be more ashamed of the way that game went. Yeah, and hard to win in the NFL. You're on the road. You're scuffling. You're seasoned, right? I mean, think about how they were thinking. No, like, I get it. I get yeah. it. But, like, it's kind of a bad look. I'll tell you what. Vegas doesn't believe in them. They're, they're a three-point underdog at home against Indianapolis on no. Sunday. Yeah, and I think that's a fair job by Vegas. I, I was about to say, and I'm with Vegas, right? Like, how could you put them as a – as a favorite, you know what? I'll say this for the Raiders, and this is becoming a little bit of a troubling trend. I didn't even really talk about it last year because I thought, listen, they're a young team, young teams, and they get in the heat of a race. Sometimes they fall apart. They don't know how to handle it. That, that's fine. That happens. Last year, the Raiders started out 6-4, and four, fell apart down the stretch, okay? And they did 6-4 and four again this year, and then they lose the Chiefs. Okay, fine, no shame in that. Then they lose again, or I'm sorry, they were out, what, six and three, six and three. They lose to the Falcons in a ridiculous game. They need a Greg Williams special not to lose to the Jets. Like, at what point are we going to kind of look at the Raiders and go, can you guys win a game that matters? Can you win a game that matters? Because, like, I get that you were like, – and we gave them a lot of props when they, they almost beat the Chiefs. You say, hey, look, they lost, but it was a great game. They played them tight. Oh, they, but, like, that kind of goes out the window when you follow it up with the two games they've played. Like, at some point, you got to win these games. And I got it, – it, it's, it's put up a shut-up time against Indianapolis. If they lose that game, they're probably not making the playoffs. They'd still have a great chance at 10-6. and six. I mean, you got the you got the Chargers, Miami, both at home, and then you go to Denver, which won't yeah, be it, you know. Is that good enough? I mean, Indianapolis would have the breaker, right? Probably not. Cleveland might get to 11. They're not winning the division. So then you get into, well, could they beat out Baltimore? I can make a real good case, man, that Baltimore could run the table. I mean, go look at Baltimore's schedule. If Cleveland, if they beat Cleveland on Monday night next week, Baltimore's not losing a game. Let's go Browns, baby. That's going to be a phenomenal football game. Go Baker playing yeah. his playing out of his friggin' mind. Uh, biggest surprise, I think, yesterday across the NFL was that the New York Giants actually went to Seattle with Colt McCoy. No question. And 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 beat the Seahawks. What the hell? Uh the Giants, man, I, I don't know. We had Victor Cruz uh, was talking to fansided last week, and he was, like, all optimistic about the Giants. I'm saying, well, you're just saying that because you won the Super Bowl with the Giants and you sure. do Giants TV. But they went into Seattle and won. It wasn't pretty, but they did it. Uh, I, I, they're, they're clearly the pick right now in the NFC East. I guess the bigger question is can they win a playoff game and anything's possible on one 60-minute day of football, right? Hey, I, I, you know, I'll say this for the Giants. And I was not in on the Joe Judge hire. And then, you know, the way training camp was going, I thought it was going to be a disaster. Joe Judge has done a great job with that. Coach of the year candidate, man. to say I'm wrong, man. Joe Judge has done a great job with that team. They lose Saquon Barkley in week two in Chicago. Out for the year at the torn ACL. They don't have their starting quarterback this week. They're in Seattle. Seattle's a team that is a Super Bowl contender. Like, I'll tell you one thing right now about the Giants. Their defense can play. That is a good defense. That is a real, legitimate, honest-to-God defense. 
we went for months talking about who the hell is going to win, who, who's going to win that, that NFC East, right? Like we've talked about that forever. We've gone back and forth. And it now looks like it's almost to the point of being answered. It's not going to be Philly. It's not going to be Dallas. Washington plays uh, later tonight. We're recording this on Monday. They play Pittsburgh. If, if Washington wins that game, then we're still having a conversation. But the Giants, five and seven, they've won four in a row. Patrick Graham, their defensive coordinator, he should be getting a little bit of a look as a head coaching candidate. He's done a great job with that team. So you got to start looking at the Giants. going. Their next two games are home against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are in the tank. They can't win a game outside that Hail Mary. And then they play the Browns at home. You can make a case the Giants are going to be 7-7. Seven and seven. I, I'm not saying they Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Will be, but they could be. Like that, those are two games they could win those games. So I have I give the Giants a lot of credit. They could absolutely win a playoff game. If their defense plays like this, to me, it all comes down to Daniel Jones. When he comes back, can he play games where he doesn't turn the ball over? That has killed him throughout his career. And that's why I would say, look, I still wouldn't pick him to win a playoff game because he just scares the hell out of me. But they're playing real football. Like, I got to hand it to them. They're playing really nice defensive ball, and they're playing complimentary offensive football. I got to give uh, Wayne Galman, who I had not heard of until about three weeks ago and barely had heard of him then. He was a fourth-round pick in 2017 out of Clemson. I mean, Saquon goes out, and you know, he's out for the year, which was devastating for the Giants. But this dude yesterday, 16 for 135. He's And bef- the week before – I mean, the week before he ran for 94, I mean, he stepped in and, and is doing it for him. Uh, but to your point, yes, Daniel Jones coming back and being somebody that doesn't turn the football over and playing some level of credible football, uh, that would be the key for the New York Giants. And I don't know, that schedule, though, it's – look, you got to feel comfortable playing. What's, what's the spread on the Cardinals and the Giants? I'm going to say it's New York by two. Are they favored? I'm looking at That's a good at question. Right. I'll look it up right now while we're talking. Uh, I don't know. The Giants are home. Cardinals have to come cross country. I'm pulling That's it not up right easy. now. Uh, Giants are a two-and-a-half-point dog. Dog. Interesting. Okay. So. Yep. Interesting. I'll okay. tell you right now, I picked the Giants. If, if Jones is there. If Jones isn't there, McCoy was awful. So, it's not like McCoy was, you know. Threw for 105 yards. He was terrible. Uh, but – didn't kill him either. So there's that. Uh, the other, the more interesting thing to me actually is what the hell, Seattle? Uh, you're losing it. You're my pick to take the NFC. And you're losing it home to the Giants. Um, it, 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 with Colt McCoy, that, that ain't great. So, uh, you know, they're not giving up a ton of points, but they're, to your point, that the Giants' defense is great uh, or at least incredibly it's been very good. It's been very good. So, well, uh, I'm not sure what this says about Seattle. They had their chances late, but uh, and I thought they were going to do it, but they didn't. So the questions remain, I guess, about the Seahawks. Who? Uh, let's go into the future. Who do you think gets the NFC final uh, wild card spot? That seven seed is incredibly interesting. You've got 
six and six football teams in Minnesota and Arizona. You've got five and six San Francisco. You've got five and seven Detroit and Chicago, who I suppose you consider are lurking. I mean, I think nine wins is going to get it done here. So the Bears and Lions still mathematically alive. Who do you like? Man, uh, I like the Niners, actually. Now, it's a risky play to say that because they're five and six. They still have they still have a game. They have Monday night against the Bills in Arizona, where they are apparently playing for the foreseeable future for their home games. But the Niners have overcome so much this year. And I look at the Vikings. Look, the Vikings have to play at New Orleans and at Tampa. I don't think they win either one of those games. I mean, let's let's not exactly throw a parade for the Vikings, who barely beat Mike Glennon at home yesterday. I mean, and also. The week prior, barely beat Carolina. The Vikings stink. So uh, save me the song and dance for how that team's any good. Like, why is Arizona going to make the playoffs? And I've been, and I've been all over Arizona. I, they were my sleeper team in the summer. Arizona, if not for that Hail Mary, has lost five games in a row. They've been awful. They can't win a game. I I don't think Arizona is going to win 10 games. And I don't think the Niners will either. But I think the Niners are going to get to nine. And the Niners swept the Rams. If they can split with Seattle, like I think the Niners are going to get in. I really do. Now, look, if they lose to the Bills, that makes it tougher. I'm, I'm banking on a little bit of an upset in that game. Well, I think they're actually favored at this point. So I'll say the Niners. If it comes down to the Cardinals and Vikings, I think the Cardinals, just by proxy of the schedule, is easier. I don't think the Lions are getting in. I don't think the Bears are getting in. Nobody from the NFC East other than the winners getting in. Um, so give me the Niners, although again, like if they lose the Buffalo, sure that could change. Like all this is probably going to a million times, but I, I love what the Niners have done even without, uh, you know, so many of their stars due to all these injuries. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's stacking the box. I'm going to bet on Minnesota, even though they've got a tough schedule. Mike Zimmer, give him credit. That team was in the absolute tank at the start of the season. They were one in five. And then they go out, they beat Green Bay on the road. They handled Detroit. They handled Chicago. They had a tough, ridiculous loss to the Cowboys at home. But then they edged by the Panthers, the Jags. I, I Listen, they got to beat the Bucks and or the Saints and handle the Bears and the Lions to do it. So I – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on Minnesota, uh, which is a hell of a job by them. And you know what I keep on hearing, by the way, they, they don't miss Diggs. They got Justin Jefferson. Can you imagine if they had both those guys? Like, you, you don't <laughs> – you know, that's yeah. – you know, that, that's – Yeah, I mean, good God. They, they, they would be phenomenal or, I mean, really, really strong. So, I guess I'll, I'll go with Minnesota. Um, all right. The Patriots, man, you know – I th- I th- when I think about New England, Verderam, I-, I think about the Bears. Like, coaching is just important. It just is. And you you made Justin Herbert look terrible. You've made Kyler Murray look terrible. You made Lamar Jackson look terrible. Somehow you just put up 35 points. I mean, they're uh, – 45. The AFC, 45, I'm sorry. The AFC is loaded, um, so I don't think they're getting in. But this has been a great job by Bill Belichick and company. I don't think they're getting in either, but I got to tell you. That team, as limited as they are, to be six and six is unbelievable. Like, and I, and I love all these these people who love to like dunk on Belichick. Like, oh, he's not going to make the playoffs without Brady. Are you kidding? Like, most people, this team would be two and ten. They've nobody. They've no talent. They're awful. And yet, Belichick has them six and six. They went forty-five nothing yesterday. You want to take a gamble or a guess? I should say about. 
How many yards do you think Cam Newton threw for yesterday? I have not looked, so this is a pure guess. 178. 178. Okay. Cam Newton yesterday in a 45 nothing win threw for 69 yards. He's the best, man. Belichick is the best. I mean, Cam Newton is as washed as it gets. And they're winning, they're killing teams. Herbert was 26 of 53, 53 attempts, 209 yards, and two picks. <laughs> like, Herbert's been killing everybody. He's been tearing up the league. Nope. Not today. Can't even get a yard. Can't do anything. Nothing. 8.8 on the 1 to 100 QBR scale. 8.8. And the Chargers, by the way, which we're not going to get into them. Anthony Lynn's got to go. I'm sorry. I mean, this this has reached the point of of, of comedic proportions now. I mean, the Chargers have talent on this team. 45-0. You kidding me? I read a great story at the Athletic. Daniel Popper, who, who's a Chargers beat writer, did a nice job with it, and he wrote that the Chargers only the third team since the AFL NFL merger in nineteen seventy to be beaten by at least forty five points at home in a shutout, and it's the first one since nineteen eighty nine. That's just that's unbelievable. It's impossible to be that bad. And and he also mentioned, which I I saw a little bit of the game, not a ton, because it was such a blowout. The Chargers were on the field five times to punt the ball. Uh, three times they had the wrong amount of players on the field. That's I mean, amazing. That, I mean, that's 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 literally crap. What is happening? What do you like? It's look, as for the Pats, though. These just quickly put a ball on it. Six and six. No, I don't think they're going to get in. Look, they're at the Rams and the Dolphins the next two weeks. Even if they split those games and they come home for the Bills, they come home for the Jets. I think maybe they get to nine and seven. I probably have them at eight and eight, which is a hell of a job, but I, it's not going to be enough to make the playoffs. I'm just looking at uh, the Patriots receiving core from yesterday. Who led him in receiving? James White with three catches for one yard. Uh, who had the most yardage? Gunner. Olszewski. That's right, baby. Guys that no one's ever heard of. Who had two catches? Demir Bear, Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers. Again, like, are these NFL players or are they on your high school football team? Demir Bird leads them with 518 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they're they're really. It's unbelievable. And he's just winning games with them, (laughs) killing teams. It's impossible. They're winning games like this, but here they are. Here, I mean, Cam Newton this year, 11 games because he didn't start the one, okay, against Kansas City. He's thrown two, he's thrown for 2,053 yards, five touchdowns, nine picks. They're six and six. It may, it pretty amazing. All right, let's look at the Browns, nine and three, up 38 to seven at the half. It got a little bit interesting late, although the score is not indicative of no. how much of a blowout that really was. I mean, the Browns took care of the Titans yesterday. So, I mean, you're asking the question, are they a legit contender? Um, I mean, I think they're definitely in the playoffs. To me, what's interesting, like, are they going to win a playoff game? Can they actually do that? That'd be an inc- – I mean, look, it's an incredible accomplishment for Cleveland historically to make the playoffs first time in, what, 19 years. But yep. – uh, can they win a game? That's I, I wonder. I don't think awesome. they. I don't think they can. And I and I. I shouldn't say that they can. I don't think they will. Um, 
they can run the heck out of the ball. And Baker had a great first half against the Titans. But, like, this is where hot take reality goes bonkers. Like, he played a really good half of football. They played a great half. The Titans played an awful half. One great half football does not mean that the Browns all of a sudden are this world beater. They're not. They're the same team that they were going into the game. They just played a great half football. I think the Browns are a good team. They'll make the playoffs. The Browns have a negative point differential right now, and they're nine and three. Like the Browns are not a dominant team. Their best wins are against the Titans and the Colts, which are good wins. But neither one of those teams are considered to be Super Bowl contenders. Like I look, the Browns are a good team. Stefanski's done a great job. They're great running the ball. Their defense is, is nonsense outside of Ward and Garrett. Offensively, almost all the time, Mayfield has to be hidden. They're a good team, but do I do I think they'll go on the road in the playoffs and win a game in Buffalo or Pittsburgh or Kansas City? And by the way, ESPN this morning was talking about that they could go on the road and beat Kansas City and Pittsburgh in the playoffs, which, wow. But uh, no, I, I, I think – they could win a, a playoff game. I do not think I would pick them to win a playoff game. Right. And what do you teed up there that I completely am with? Kevin Stefanski, impressive year, man. And all the job. The way they schemed for Tennessee, the hitch and go bomb where they had multiple things going on on the play, it just it, you, it can't look any better. You don't see somebody get that open and – you know, you, you're making it as easy as possible on your players to succeed. He deserves a ton of credit. Let's go to Kyler Murray. Uh, the question is, is Kyler a true star quarterback or as Verderam is putting it, or is he just electrifying and fun to watch and we enjoy him, but he's really not actually someone that's going to be a bona fide star leading your team to victory. I think, uh, I think you're, you're about to tear up Kyler Murray. I'm actually not, but I, I want to give more like just the measured responses. All right, so look, obviously he's played 12 games this year. He's thrown for just shy 3,000 yards, 2987. Okay, so he's he's on pace for 4,000 yards. It's a nice year. Seven yards in attempt. Okay, he completes 67% of his passes. Now they throw a lot of short passes, but fair is fair, right? He's seven yards per attempt. He's, t- he's tw- tied for 22nd overall. He's tied for 22nd with Tom Brady, all right? 22 touchdowns, 10 picks, not a great offensive line, good weapons. Uh, QBR, if you care about QBR, Murray comes in a solid 10th at 71.2. I think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback with star upside, but right now he's inconsistent and he's more electrifying than he is star. There's too many games with Kyler Murray where he doesn't really end up making an impact for the Cardinals and, and they need him to. I mean, he's, he's you know, listen, the team is built around them being able to score some points against the Rams. It took them almost half the game to get to a second completion. Like that, that's not a star effort. Like right now in my quarterback rankings, which I'm literally writing uh, before and after this podcast, I have Murray at 10th. I had him last week at seven. I moved him back three spots. I think Murray is a very good player, but I don't think he's on the level yet of guys like Sean Watson. Watson, to me, is a star quarterback. Murray is a good quarterback who could get to that level, but I don't think he's quite there yet, which is fine. It's his second year, but that's where I fall on him. Yeah, and I would go old school uh, philosophy with Kyler at quarterback as far as just give him a little bit of time. I think, you know, my 
inclination with Kyler Murray is that he will continue to get better and better as the years go along here. Um, he has shown a solid sense, let's put it like that, of keeping himself healthy, which you have to do at his size, play in that position. So I do think, you know, the whole concept of whether or not he's built to last, I think he's actually pretty good at protecting himself out there. So that makes me bullish on him. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Long term, even though, I mean, that is a, you get, you get hit the wrong way at that size. You get hit the wrong way at any size. It's trouble. But this guy, I mean, he is, is straight. He's tiny, diminutive. But, if you get yeah. a good shot on him, it's going to be a problem. I mean, it's a big time problem, but I, I, I really do think that Kyler's going to keep on getting better and keep himself out there and Arizona, give him credit. That was, uh, you know, you, you moved on from Josh Rosen, you, you, you did it and it's, and it, and it worked out at least. I'd say in a positive way to this point. And I think he'll keep going. I, in Arizona, you know, we just said the Vikings are going to be in the playoffs, but they're right there. There's no reason that they can't flip the switch here and get it going again. That's entirely possible. Let's do in or out here. As as we go back to the playoffs, we look at the saints in the NFC. Uh, The question is the saints are clearly the NFC's best team in or out. My, my Seahawks taking a a rough one with the giants. Are you in or out on that one, Matt? They are the best team. I, I think we now like, they're the best team. They're out here winning with a backup quarterback. They are playing dominant football defensively. Offensively, they got weapons all over. Kamara, Sanders, Cook, Thomas. Very good offensive line. Excellent coach. I don't know how they're not. I mean, the Packers are certainly in the conversation. I can't put Seattle there anymore. Like Seattle, just they're so bizarre. Now, I will say this for Seattle. I wouldn't want to play him in a one-off game because you just you could catch them on the wrong day and Metcalf could go for 180 yards and Wilson could go out of his mind and that's all on the table, which is why I'm not counting them out. But like they don't have the same body of work right now that New Orleans. Those just don't. And I, I think you know Green Bay also has put together a more impressive body of work. It's hard for me to sit here and say the Saints when I'm watching Taysom Hill play. I mean, his – just the ball coming out of his hand, it looks like me throwing it, man. There's nothing on it. And they're winning with him. I, I know. That's, That's the point. So, right. So, then Drew comes back and the Saints – I I don't know, man. Uh, I, I guess if I had to – I can't argue the point, really, but if I had to pick in the NFC right now, I'd still probably take Seattle – and I might like Green Bay more, too. The Packers, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just in love with Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, he sets a record last, you know, for four, quickest guy to 400 touchdown passes yesterday. Um, I'd love to see him get there one more time. At the end of the day, am I picking Taysom Hill and the Saints over Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs? That's just hard to do. I also like the Packers have developed some weapons this year. I, I, I don't know. I've just been fading. The, I've been fading the Saints all year. I'm not going to not fade them now. So even though they've won nine games in a row, by the way, to get and they're going to win 10 because here comes Philly. Nope. Yep. Carson Wentz. Would you be better on another team? I'd love to think about that answer for future weeks here. 
Uh, what do you got with the Dolphins? The, they'll make the playoffs in or out. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, they're a great story. And Flores is a hell of a coach. They got a tough schedule ahead, man. Eight and four. You just beat the Jets. You beat the Bengals. Fine. Now you got Kansas City coming to town. Uh, the Chiefs, who, by the way, did not exactly look uh, overwhelming on Sunday Night Football, but uh, they, they won. They go to Miami. They're they're on the road against an eight and four team, and they're a seven and a half point favorite. Um, then Miami, I believe, yeah, they they welcome in New England. Then it's at Vegas, at Buffalo. That's tough. Like I, they could get to ten and six, which would put them on the bubble, just depending on how tiebreakers went down. I got them a nine and seven. I got them in eyes. If they can beat the Chiefs, if they could beat the Raiders or the Bills, then I, they, they got a shot. But let's face it, too. If, I'll tell you right now, if two is playing against the, the Pats, they're probably losing because Belichick just eats young quarterbacks alive. Every, I mean, just go ask Justin Herbert right about now how that went for him. So I got him at, I got him at nine and seven. I, I, think, uh, I think they lose three of these four. Well, look, if they beat the Patriots and they beat the Raiders, they're going to get in. The Chiefs and the Bills, you could throw them away. Uh, but they have to win those two games. Because, I mean, if you're taking them out, who's catching them? Uh, you know, and who do you like here? The well, if, if they had your scenario? What's that? If they went by your scenario and they won those two games? Well, just don't even take my scenario. Like, who do you, who do you like to come up? Are you you're, you're banking on the Raiders? You're banking on the Ravens? You're I, think the on the Pat, the Pats? I think the Raiders are going to beat the Dolphins at home. Okay, I'm not confident in that, but I, I mean, I also I'm going to tell you right now, and maybe I look like a fool for this. I think the Ravens are going to win out. Wow, they play nobody. Who the hell is beating them? Cleveland? I mean, they beat Cleveland by hundred points week one. Like maybe maybe Cleveland is the game. Cleveland is the game. Maybe. They play Dallas. They play the Giants. And, like, yes, the Giants have been better, but come on, that, that's a that's a rough ask for the Giants to win that game. Okay, I, that, and that game's in Baltimore. Like, they get the Giants at home. They get Dallas at home. All right? They, they, get, they get Cincinnati, who they're going to destroy, and they get Jacksonville. Like, they're not losing those games. If they beat Cleveland, they're going 11-5. and five. Jacksonville's been in a lot of tight games lately. Yeah, that's nice. They have no shot. No shot. Because, listen, man, everybody's killing Baltimore, and I get it. And, and you know how you guys got on me last year about that I wasn't as high on Baltimore as other people. They're very good defensively. And they are a tough matchup. They are weird. Now, I do think they're limited because they can't throw the ball, and against good teams, that's just going get to get them beat. Those are teams I just mentioned. They can't take advantage of it. I'm telling you right now. If they go into Cleveland and win that game, they're going to be 11 and five. And they're going to be a team that on wild card weekend, everybody and their mother is going to be picking a win, whoever they're playing against. Unless, unless it's Kansas City, because just the way that those games have gone. But even then, you'll hear a lot of, oh, they're sneaky. They, Baltimore, I'm telling you right now, you watch. If, the, if they beat the Browns, you watch them go 11 and five. That's a, such a good game. High, highly interested. Um, the Dolphins. Getting her done, getting past those Bengals. Uh, yep. Two will play okay. All right. Well, let's move on. I, I guess I, I'm in on the Dolphins in the playoffs. I don't know why. I just would find it entertaining. Wait, wait, a, wait to bring the stats and the knowledge. Come on. 
listen, it's it's it, it's all it's all malarkey. Seven seeds, Verderam. Who are you? I, I you're making a very solid argument with Baltimore, but I think Cleveland's going to get them. The Browns are playing great. Baltimore's been a disaster. Well, that's uh, that is the argument. That's that's fine. And and, um, and I I think they'll have another bad loss in there. So that's that's what they've been doing all year. We'll see what Lamar looks coming off of COVID. There's that. Anyway, let's move on. Pittsburgh will be the number one seed. Uh, needs the number one seed. I'm sorry to reach the Super Bowl. Uh, I talked to Demarcus Ware this morning. Asked him who he thinks the toughest competition will be for the Chiefs. No surprise. He said the Steelers. Uh, we didn't. I didn't ask him this question specifically. Uh, the former Cowboy and Super Bowl champ with the Denver Broncos. But um, I'm guessing that you're saying saying yes. I am most definitely in that they better be the one seed if they're going to do this. They need home field and they need the buy. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I am mostly because they haven't had a buy pretty much all year long. I think they're going to need one. I also think that, and I get it this year with COVID, there's not huge advantages. I, I think them having, if, if the Chiefs have a buy and then just beat whatever sacrificial land they get in the divisional round, I think Pittsburgh's having a tough time going to Kansas City and winning that game. I think I think Pittsburgh's having a tough time beating Kansas City and Pittsburgh. I, I think trying to beat them in Arrowhead is a damn near impossibility. I, I mean, I, I would never, of course, count them out, but that is that'd be rough. I'm actually out the ones. I don't think they need it. Like, could I see them winning three games to get to the Super Bowl? Yes, but I, I think their odds of getting to the Super Bowl if they're not the one seed dramatically reduce. I mean, anywhere from you know twenty five to forty percent. I, I think they would be in in dire straits because it's just. It's going to be hard for anybody to do it without a bye. But the way they play, they're in so many close games. I, I just think it would be very hard for them to win three straight, including obviously probably going to Arrowhead on on you know championship Sunday. Just to bring back in what DeMarcus said about him, which is he's not unique in it, but he looks at their defense as a game changer in whoever they're playing, which gives them a chance against Kansas City and certainly against anybody else in the AFC. So could they run through if the end of the season doesn't go the way they want it to go? Sure. Uh, but I also think if, if they start losing games right now, that that's not going to feel great in Pittsburgh. Like that, that's just going to, there's going to be a feeling going to the playoffs. It's going to be a little bit different than if they just roll in as the one seed and, and ride it high and playing at Heinz field and all of it. So I'm going to say to, to actually go to the Super Bowl, they, they, they got to keep rolling strong right now. So I'm in on it. And then week 14 is the best slate we've seen all year. Let's let's run down some of the action that we're going to get here as we edge towards the playoffs. Um, first of all, Thursday night, New England and the Rams is very interesting as New England tries to keep their playoff hopes alive and the Rams try to prove that they're an actual NFC uh, championship contender. Um, you've also got... You know, we talked about the Dolphins. Can they do it against the Chiefs at home? That's a huge uh, challenge, but an interesting game. The Cardinals and the Giants is interesting. The Vikes and the Bucks. Um, you got to love that. Colts-Raiders is a huge game. And then, uh, look, you've got uh, some some weird upset potentials. with, uh, And then you've got Steelers-Bills and Ravens-Browns. A lot of great games. This is by far the best slate of games you've had all year long. And I have been like personally bemoaning the fact that I feel like the last couple of weeks these games have, have been nonsense. But dude, the AFC play—I mean, this is moving week, right? Like this is moving day in golf. This is moving day in the NFL. You are going to have Kansas City, Miami, 
Buffalo and Pittsburgh, Baltimore and Cleveland, Raiders and Colts. Like all those teams were in AFC contention. You're going to have a ton of movement in the AFC one way or the other. You're going to start to really see the playoff picture shake out. You mentioned the games in the NFC, Vikes, Bucks, Pats, Rams, obviously interconference game affects the NFC more than the AFC. Uh, you know, Giants, Cardinals, you you are just going to have an unbelievable amount of games on Sunday and Monday that really, really matter. I am I am very excited for this week of football. I feel like this year there have been some Sundays where you're like, oh, man, there's not one good game in the early window, or maybe, maybe there's one. This is going to be an awesome, awesome day or awesome weekend, I should say, of football. Can't wait for Bears and Texans. Huge game on the lakefront. Watson versus Trubisky, baby. Who hurts you, Carm? My God. <laughs> Big game, Bergeram. Bears are a two and a half point underdog at home. All right, what's going on in the life over there, pal? All right, so not not a whole heck of a lot. Steph's over COVID, which is nice. She went and uh, got her follow up, and she's good to go. Um, you know, I'm seeing like the vaccine now. Any day here is going to be available, at least to healthcare workers and and people in in uh, you know elderly homes and whatnot. Um, I've seen people say, and I've had people say to me that they're not going to get the vaccine because it's a tracking device. And I'm just going to say this right now. Okay. And this isn't a political thing. You take it however you got to take it. All right. Let me ask you something. If you believe that, and there's probably a handful of people out there who are listening, who do believe it. Let me just ask this genuinely. You have an address. You have a driver's license. You have a social security number. You got a phone. You get social media, you use Google, because guess what? They're already tracking you about 900 ways. They don't need to put a Bill Gates microchip in your in your vaccine to figure out what you're doing. They've got a pretty good idea, okay? I hate to break it to everybody. We've been tracked since we came out of the womb. The government knows. You ever, you ever Google, like, nice wool blanket? And, they could try and, and then, like, you go on Instagram three days later and there's an ad for a wool blanket that ever happened to you. I bet it has, you know why? Because all these companies sell your information to each other. The idea that you somehow are, are, are skirting the government by not getting a vaccine is, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in a country that I swear to God is getting dumber by the hour. It really, it takes a special kind of person to genuinely think that they're living off the grid as they're tweeting about how they're not going to take the vaccine from their mobile device. I just, the brain explodes. It really does, Carm. Yeah, I find it very disturbing for the record that when I look at some destination vacation spot that I'm dreaming about going to right now, because Carm needs a vacation, and then all of a sudden the next thing... Oh, right. The next thing I see is Omaha popping up on my Gmail or whatever the hell. Like, Jesus, can you give me 10 seconds to get away from that thought? That's oh, right. I mean, they are. And I know it's uh, I know it ain't just me. They're tracking out there. So excellent point for Ram. Um, yeah, I uh, I got nothing over here other than the fact that that was such an enjoyable, bizarre Chicago Bears experience on Sunday. Like I'm sitting there, like you know what? There, I, I kind of felt like the whole game that they were, the Lions were just so incredibly motivated to win one, to stick it to Matt Patricia. 
Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Trisha, like literally all of Detroit was just pulling for it. And they, I mean, they were, it was like a Super Bowl for the Lions. Like, ah, oh, man, they're not going to get it done. But somehow, some way, they just willed that thing to happen against the dysfunctional Bears. Were you mad or were you just laughing? Laughing. 100% laughing. But then I, then I got like, you know, because I, I, I it, it's better for me career wise if the Bears are good and or at right. least in the playoffs. Um, and if they had won that game, I would argue today the Bears are going to be the team that was going to make the playoffs. Could have. Their, their offense actually looked decent. Um, but for whatever reason, now the, 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 the defense has just completely fallen apart. And when you get into a tight game, you just don't want Matt Nagy as your football coach. Let's rewind back all the way to Kansas City and blowing it against Tennessee. I mean, this guy's got a propensity to do incredibly stupid things. Um, he is, he's a high school football coach is what he is, uh, or at best a special teams coordinator. We we've talked about this. It's, it's over. It's over. It's you gotta be. I, I don't, I don't care if the McCaskies feel like the, him and him and Pace are their two long lost sons. It's over. It is. It is. Although they're both under contract and the bears are very interesting and who knows what will happen. But anyway, that was it. Um, I went out and, uh, Played an amazing tennis match on Thursday night, Verderam. That was great fun. I, the guy I played with, I'm like, so I, I've got a group that I play with. The guy's like, uh, uh, I, I walk in, I forget his name. I should know his name. He's, we've been on a group text chain. I'm like, you're Will's friend, right? And Will's the guy who runs the group. And he's like, he looks at me with his mask on. Dude, we played doubles together. And, and I just look at him like, oh, we did? Like, <laughs> He was, and he was like legit mad that I didn't remember him. Um, I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. So what's your name? It was, uh, it was embarrassing. And then we, then at that point, he just wanted to rip my head off on the court, but I was able to get a set off him. Good player, Verderam. That's the only thing that I got going on in my life. That's exciting me other than watching NFL football and college hoop Northwestern's two and O damn it. Big game with Pitt, big game with Pitt Wednesday night. The Panthers are coming calling to Welsh Ryan arena. My St. John Storm, they took down uh they, they took down Stony Brook. Oh. In a, in a great game. Huge win. Huge win. Yeah, we're we're complete garbage as per our usual. Yeah. Um it's uh it's a disgraceful program. You know, I mean that really is something though. I know we can we can sign off here, but the Big East, like first of all, what they did to the Big East, the what the college basketball did is an absolute affront to the sport. But St. John's is located for people who don't know in Jamaica, Queens, like I'm going to tell, I'm going to let everybody in a little secret and you're not going to believe this. Some pretty good basketball players come out of New York city. Like you can't recruit a bunch of guys from the Bronx and Brooklyn and Queens to go play in the big East and, and, and basically take a train ride from their house. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. They should, they should be a top 10 program every year, every year. It's a good pro. It's a good school. Great education. You're down the street from everybody and their mother 
in New York City who can play who like you're going to get you, you you play in the garden for your home games. You're on national television all the time. They're on Fox Sports one constantly. And in their their recruiting pitch basically is like, hey, I don't know, come here. Like it's it, that team should be winning 20 plus games every single season and yet garbage trash day in and day out. I love that out of nowhere, Verham just went on a St. John's college hoop rant. You probably didn't even know I was a St. John's fan. I didn't. I didn't. And now, I mean, they listen, suck. let's dial up the early 80s and the Chris Mullen-led Johnnies and give me give me a Luke Karn a sec out of nowhere. Give me, give me Walter Berry. Give me Chris <laughs> Mullen. Give me Mark Jackson. Damn it. Give me the Karnaseka sweater. I forgot. this crap. I forgot that Mark Jackson went there. Yeah. They, and then even when I was a kid, like they went to the elite eight one year, they lost to Michael red over at Ohio state, but they had like LeVar Postel and Ron Artest. Like Mike Jarvis was the good. They were good. Like they were good. And then they just, and then Jarvis cheated and they, they had all these sanctions and they fell apart. And then they hired Steve Lavin, who they're still ringing out for Greece. And man, had more hair gel than anyone I've ever seen in my life. And, and, and also, the man never believed in calling a timeout. I've never seen anybody in my life who was more committed to ending a game with all of his timeouts. It was unbe- like some team could be on like a 20 to two run and Steve Lavin would just be sitting there like, ah, it's all right. We'll save it for later. He was trying to teach them that they can figure it out on their own. Cause come tournament time, they're going to need to do that. Yeah. Okay, it, it, the problem is they never get to tournament time. They suck their disgrace. Yeah. All right. Thank you. By the way, you just, your rant on St. John's is, the equivalent of DePaul in Chicago, uh, who, and they both were another disgraceful outfit. Yes. And they were great back in the day. All right. Subscribe. Say you love stack in the box. We love you. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you midweek as we'll look deeper into the week 14 matchups here and a lot going on in the league this week. So the shields got it cooking. Enjoy your Monday night action. Enjoy your Tuesday night action. Pretty soon we'll have Wednesday night action. Then we're going to Friday night action. We'll get through this COVID season. The NFL doing everything they can to have a football game on every at every single day at whatever time makes sense. Verram, good to see you, my friend. You as well, sir. We'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.